Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. So, last night, April 16th, 2020, uh, you know, obviously we are in the middle of the COVID-19 quarantine, shelter in place, so our lodge is in California. We can't meet as a lodge. And so what we did last night was we did a little bit of a Masonic education and some some just chat about what's going on with uh, the brethren that were on the call so we had a pretty good turnout, and the educational portion was kind of like, you know, what is Freemasonry, and what, what do you expect, and what are you looking for? And so with that, uh, I found a few different articles that I wanted to kind of feature today in this particular podcast, and as usual, they're all from different Scottish Rite uh, Journal of and so we kind of start off with who are the Masons, but then there's a couple of other things about why did I become a Mason and what is Freemasonry that I'm going to share as well. So again, last night's conversation kind of made me think about these articles. So we'll start with the first one, which is titled, Who are the Masons and what do they do? And this is actually from the Welcome to the Scottish Rite membership issue, which is kind of interesting. So this is an issue that's handed to a Scottish Rite Mason when he joins. And so here's the article. Masons, also known as Freemasons, belong to the oldest and largest fraternal organization in the world. Today there are now more than two million Masons in North America. Masons represent virtually every occupation and profession, yet within the fraternity all meet as equals. Masons come from diverse political ideologies, yet meet as friends. Masons come from varied religious beliefs and creeds, yet all believe in one God. Many of North America's early patriots were Masons, 13 signers of the Constitution and 14 presidents of the United States, including George Washington, were Masons. In Canada, the father of the Confederation, Sir John A. Macdonald, was a Mason, as were other early Canadian and American leaders. One of the most fascinating aspects of Freemasonry is how so many men from so many different walks of life can meet together in peace, always conducting their affairs in harmony and friendship and calling each other brother. Freemasonry, or Masonry, is dedicated to the brotherhood of man under the fatherhood of God. It uses the tools and implements of ancient architectural craftsmen symbolically in a system of instruction designed to build character and moral values in its members. Its singular purpose is to make good men better. Its bonds of friendship, compassion, and brotherly love have survived even the most divisive political, military, and religious conflicts through the centuries. Masonry is a fraternity which encourages its members to practice the faith of their personal acceptance. Masonry teaches that each person, through self-improvement and helping others, has an obligation to make a difference for good in the world. No one knows just how old Freemasonry is because the actual origins have been lost in time. Most scholars believe Masonry arose from the guilds of stonemasons who built the majestic castles and cathedrals in the Middle Ages. 
1717, Mason recreated a formal organization when four lodges in London joined to form England's first Grand Lodge. By 1731, when Benjamin Franklin joined the fraternity, there were already several lodges in the colonies, and in Canada, the first lodge was established in 1738. Today, Masonic lodges are found in almost every community throughout North America, and in large cities there are usually several lodges. A Mason can travel to almost any country in the world and find a Masonic lodge where he will be welcomed as a brother. What do Freemasons do? The Masonic experience encourages members to become better men, better husbands, better fathers, and better citizens. The fraternal bonds formed in the lodge help build lifelong friendships among men with similar goals and values. Beyond its focus on individual development and growth, Masonry is deeply involved in helping people. The Freemasons of North America contribute over $2 million a day to charitable causes. This philanthropy represents an unparalleled example of the humanitarian commitment of this great and honorable fraternity. Much of that assistance goes to people who are not Masons. Some of these charities are vast projects. The Shrine Masons, or Shriners, operate the largest network of hospitals for burned and orthopedically impaired children in the country, and there is never a fee for treatment. The Scottish Rite Masons in the southern jurisdiction maintain a network, as of 2001, of 150 childhood language disorder clinics, centers, and programs. Other Masonic organizations sponsor a variety of philanthropies, including scholarship programs, and perform public service activities in their communities. Masons also enjoy the fellowship of each other and their families in social and recreational activities. Several Masonic principles are, faith must be the center of our lives. All men and women are the children of God. No one has the right to tell another person what he or she must think or believe. Each person has a responsibility to be a good citizen, obeying the law. It is important to work to make the world a better place for all. Honor and integrity are keys to a meaningful life. So what is a Masonic Lodge? The word lodge means both a group of Masons meeting together, as well as the room or building in which they meet. Masonic buildings are sometimes called temples because the original meaning of the term was place of knowledge, and Masonry encourages the advancement of knowledge. Masonic Lodges usually meet once or twice a month to conduct regular business, vote upon petitions for membership, and bring new Masons into the fraternity through three ceremonies called degrees. In the Lodge Room, Masons share in a variety of programs. Here, the bonds of friendship and fellowship are formed and strengthened. Who can qualify to join? Applicants must be men of good character who believe in a supreme being. To become a Mason, one must petition a particular Lodge. The Master of the Lodge appoints a committee to visit the applicant prior to the Lodge balloting upon his petition. So who are the Masons? Masons are men of good character who strive to improve themselves and make the world a better place. They belong to the oldest and most honorable fraternity known to man. If you think you may be interested in becoming a member, you can begin by contacting a lodge in your area or speaking to a Mason. Men of character and integrity join the Masons. Most are men who go about their jobs and professions with no hint that they are Freemasons except for the way they lead their lives. Many are readily recognizable by name, face, or accomplishment. George Washington and 13 other presidents, 8 vice presidents, and 42 justices of the Supreme Court have been Masons. And then there's a list of some notable Masons we'll share here. Eddie Arnold, Roy Acuff, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, Gene Autry, 
Ludwig von Beethoven, Irving Berlin, Simon Bolivar, Gutzon Borglum, Ernest Borgnine, Omar Bradley, Richard Byrd, DeWitt Clinton, Ty Cobb, George M. Cohen, Davy Crockett, Norm Crosby, Cecil B. DeMille, Jack Dempsey, John Diefenbacher, Jimmy Doolittle, Duke Ellington, Sir Alexander Fleming, Gerald R. Ford, Henry Ford, Benjamin Franklin, Clark Gable, Benjamin Gilman, John Glenn, Arthur Godfrey, Barry Goldwater, John Hancock, Harry Hirschfield, Harry Houdini, Sam Houston, Hubert Humphrey, Burl Ives, Andrew Jackson, Al Jolson, John Paul Jones, Jack Kemp, Rudyard Kipling, Marquis de Lafayette, Fiorello LaGuardia, Charles Lindbergh, Douglas MacArthur, George C. Marshall, Thurgood Marshall, Charles W. Mayo, William McKinley, Lawrence Melchior, James Monroe, Wolfgang Mozart, Arnold Palmer, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, J.C. Penny, John Pershing, Eddie Rickenbacker, Branch Rickey, Will Rogers, Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, David Sarnoff, Gene Sibelius, Red Skelton, John Philip Souza, Danny Thomas, Dave Thomas, Lowell Thomas, Harry S. Truman, George Washington, Thomas J. Watson, and John Wayne. I see one in here they missed, which we just did an episode on, which was Paul Revere. So, that's our first article for today's episode. And hang on, and we'll grab a couple other uh, magazines and share the next ones with you. The next article comes from the May 2000 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction. And it's called Making Good Men Better and is written by Gaylord Z. Thomas, 32nd degree. Masonry is the best self-help agent available to the good man wishing to be better in the new millennium. People today are energized by the prospect of self-improvement. The Franklin Covey Institute in Salt Lake is sending out a message to the world about what matters most and teaching the seven habits of highly effective people. Anthony Robbins is packing them in for his results seminars. People desire and search for ways to self-improve, and they pay a lot of money to have the chance to do so. Masonry has been teaching it for a long time, at least three centuries by the written record and since time immemorial according to tradition. We have more to offer when we do it right, because these one-day seminars, as good as they are, are only temporary. Freemasonry, in contrast, is a lifelong process of reinforcement, repetition, and encouragement that takes place every time we initiate, pass, and raise a new member or attend a Masonic meeting. So why aren't people excited about Masonry and beating down our doors to hear our message? Have we lost the real secrets of our brotherhood? Have we lost our fundamental teaching, self-improvement through education? When I became a Mason, I remember one of the brothers standing up at the end of the meeting and saying, Masonry is like your wallet. You won't get anything out of it unless you put something into it. It all begins with the individual. He must bring the desire to grow, and we must go beyond memorizing ritual to realizing fully what the ritual means. The rate an individual discovers Masonry's values and accepts them as his life goals differs from person to person. Yet, each brother must become aware that he makes a choice in his life, and that his choices should reflect his values and personal goals not so much what others think of him or wish him to do. Masonry does not tell us what our values are, but causes us to reflect and discover them for ourselves. This is the foundation on which other lessons are built. As an entered apprentice represents a youthful man entering the world to become a more active living and thinking person, he craves direction and light. In the degrees we symbolically assist with these life steps, We spur thought in this man, groping in his own moral and mental darkness. 
We help him realize his own values and point him in a path that leads to duty and God. On the scale of what individuals have control of, our own self is the one thing we control the most. People who do not know themselves and what's important to them are not as trustworthy as those who do, and you cannot mask how well you know yourself. It shows. The self-confident person who knows where he's going and knows what his values tell him to do in various situations usually exhibits a calm in all situations. Those who are not as sure of themselves do not exhibit this same kind of calm. As this type of calm is recognized by others, they come to depend on this person. He begins to have more influence in his interpersonal relationships. It all starts with the individual and his own desire to realize his values. Thus, Freemasonry starts in the Entered Apprentice degree with the individual asking him questions and laying the required foundation. As Albert Pike wrote in Morals and Dogma, Masonry's purpose is to teach men to know and practice their duties to themselves and their fellows, the great practical end of all philosophy and all knowledge. We teach our Masonic lessons by degrees or steps. The steps, essentially, are to look within, discover your values, determine to live up to them, and then make all our actions consistent with these new values. This is known as building a character ethic, a life philosophy which creates sound relationships by practicing right principles. The symbols of our degrees have helped the fraternity capture the important lessons, the basics. Our mentors and coaches should expand on these basics, adding personal experience and knowledge. It is then up to the individual to apply these principles, live them, and share their own examples of application. This cycle of learning and then teaching these lessons reinforces what we have learned. As you explain something, the light becomes even brighter. What are some of the deeper lessons in lay terms possible in our working tools? The 24-inch gauge surely teaches key lessons, balance in our lives, time management, prioritization, the substance of every self-improvement course today. The common gavel represents moderation, the plum uprightness, the square virtue and morality, the level equality, the trowel spreading good example within the compass of our circle of influence. There are numerous other symbols and these are but possibilities to consider among deeper meanings to be discovered by the individual. In Freemasonry, the individual takes an honest look at himself, maybe for the first time in his life. We are accustomed to tuning in to what other people think about us, listening to what others say and how they act towards us. We overlook the fact that this is their opinion and very well could be wrong. They only see our outside. Our values are within. We know more about ourselves than these reflections could possibly capture. It is more important that we act based on our own perception of ourselves, our values, rather than what other people seem to think about us. As we begin to act based on our solid, self-realized values, we exhibit a higher level of integrity and maturity. Couple this with good balance and an assumed level of competence, knowledge, and ability in our chosen careers, for example, and the trust others place in us will naturally increase. Our interpersonal circle of influence will enlarge. It doesn't happen overnight. Trust is gained by many acts and lost by only one. The goal of Masonry, then, is truly to make good men better. If we reach a man in the degrees and cause him to realize his own values and commit to taking responsibility for them as he makes his life's choices, then Masonry has succeeded. But are these lessons coming through? Do our members leave our degrees and get the coaching they need to embark on this improvement process? Perhaps in some lodges more so than in others. We must never forget, however, that this is the purpose of the craft, 
and it is our obligation to understand and to be even more dedicated to that purpose than any of the many self-improvement courses sought by men today. Tested by time and proven by many generations of brethren, Freemasonry is the best self-help agent available to the good man wishing to be better in the new millennium. So this next one's from the same issue of the Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry. And I thought this one is rather interesting the way it was done. It's called An Open Letter to a New Mason by J. Howard Duncan, 32nd Degree. Masonry offers new and special opportunities to the new brother. I really don't know why you joined the Masons. Perhaps it was because a relative or other person you greatly admire seemed to value the Masonic organizations to such an obvious extent that his pride always showed. Perhaps it was because you personally support the Masonic principles of individual freedoms and benevolent social behaviors and wanted to cast your identity as a member of such a group. Perhaps it was because you have grown weary of the slippage of American society into a plasticized generic pattern where identity of any kind is in danger of becoming lost. The rapidity of society's macro change has made it difficult for the average person to have a full working career without retraining or becoming a job nomad. Roots have become shallower in their anchorage with the increasing rarity of a home where one of the parents can devote full time to being a homemaker during the child's formative years. Group and community activities continue to lose ground to the individual person's singular contact with electronic devices, be it television or computer or nowadays phone. Perhaps you joined Masons as your personal attempt to battle against the loss of identity and roots, or maybe your reason was just a hunger for good people with whom to associate. Perhaps you seek the mind-improving challenges Freemasonry offers, but does not require, in the preparation and delivery of ritual. Perhaps you enjoy fellowship and being a significant part of team accomplishment. I really don't know why you joined the Masons, but I am so glad that you are here. I freely give you my acceptance and trust. Whether you are in Newfoundland, Hawaii, or Russia, it is yours to keep until you demonstrate that you are no longer worthy of it. Unlike in general society, Masonic trust is available in advance for your enjoyment rather than being withheld until after it has been thoroughly earned. You will learn that one of the greatest gifts of Masonry is an acceptance in strange locales when you can find a brother. Of course, with that wonderful gifts comes your commitment of learning trust of others. There are many things you can find and create in Freemasonry if you have the interest and are willing to make the investment of yourself. You will be offered appropriate opportunities to join with others in charitable endeavors, beyond money contributions, achieving good results through your personal efforts. If you choose to attend Lodge or Temple on a fairly regular basis, there is a major benefit of developing fellowship among the regular attendees. You will find that such fellowship is far more than you experience in the shallower contacts of your business and social worlds. You will be exposed to a variety of positive role models. There are opportunities to use these Masonic contacts as sounding boards for your actions in matters where the paths are not clearly marked right and wrong. Moral support will be offered you when facing the always difficult decision of foregoing an immediate benefit for a long-term good. And the interesting point is that while experiencing these things, you are systematically becoming a better person. It will not be long before you are providing help and advice as well as receiving these valuable gifts. This is leadership development in its most beneficent form. Conventional leadership development is also offered you by advancing through the chairs and becoming a ritualist. Even basically shy men come to bloom under the development and lose their fear of expressing themselves in public. <laughs>
I do not know exactly why you joined the Masons, but I do know that through improving you, Masonry can benefit your family, your church, your community, and your country. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.